0: Hey, Special Educators, I'm Jennifer from Positively Learning. Welcome to the Special Educators Resource Room. If you're like me, you're always looking for ways to save time and streamline your work. That's why this podcast was created, to give you the systems and solutions you need to get your time back. Tune in for tips, tricks, and tools that will help you manage your workload and make the most of your time. Whether you're brand new or experienced, All are welcome in the Special Educators Resource Room. This podcast episode is all about incorporating mindfulness ideas, activities that you can put into your own classroom setting. So we already have these huge demanding schedules. And now I'm suggesting you add one more thing. How in the world is that going to happen? Hey, special educators, it's Jennifer from Positively Learning. Let's get into it. First off, let's define the term mindfulness. We've all heard this word, but what exactly does it mean? In the framework of this episode, talking about how we can use mindfulness techniques in the classroom, I'm going to define it by breaking it down to three key areas. Mindfulness to me means being present, emotional regulation, and self-awareness. When you think about those three areas, you have to ask yourself, is this beneficial for students or for ourselves? And of course the answer is both. But even though we know how important incorporating mindfulness is, that doesn't mean it opens our schedule and allows time to include everything we want to do. Let's continue to break down these terms and find ways to fit it all in. Here's a quick background story on why I'm interested in the topic of mindfulness and wanna share it with you. I had two school years in a row that were just Particularly rough for classroom behavior. I mean, every year felt rough, but that's to be expected. You know, we're teaching our students skills, we're setting up this safe system for them to learn. But these two years, I had students that really turned on each other. And that is just one of those things I struggled with a lot. You know, we work so hard to create this ecosystem in our classroom, and then to watch students turn on each other is just really, really hard just for me, even though I know it's perfectly normal. The summer in between these two school years, I was taking grad classes, story of my life, and I chose a class on mindfulness. I was feeling pretty desperate and I knew I needed some ideas. I'd also just finished training on restorative practices. So I had lots of these ideas in my head. Main question I had was, how do I do this with younger students and how do we fit this all in? I turned to my trusty BFFs, visuals and read-alouds. Those were my go-to whenever I was trying to do something new and make it developmentally appropriate. Now let's go back to defining mindfulness and give some practical solutions using visuals and read-alouds that you can use right away in your classroom. Number one, being present. It's a hard concept for young students. Well, it's a hard concept for all of us. Mindfulness is the practice of being fully present and aware of staying in the present moment without judgment. So you're paying attention to your thoughts, your feelings, how your body feels and the surrounding environment. Easier said than done. There's a read aloud book I used every year just to introduce the topic. It's called What Does It Mean to be Present by Raina DiOrio and Eliza Wheeler. It is such a good book if you can find it on YouTube or if you have the hard copy. There are many wonderful books out there on the topic of mindfulness and being present. The purpose of choosing a read aloud is to introduce the topic. You could do this after students return from recess or during morning meeting or whenever your classroom just needs to take a deep breath. Appropriate visuals would be breathing visuals that encourage students to focus on inhaling and exhaling. So it might be a visual of a wave in the ocean that rises and falls or a hot air balloon or a figure eight that students can visually or use their finger to trace as they are breathing. The very best tool, in my opinion, is modeling. So maybe this breathing visual could be a classroom poster that you're referring to or small cards that you could flip as you're modeling, inhaling and exhaling. Moving ahead to emotional regulation. When are we not working on this, right? This is something that we can incorporate or embed into our everyday activities. Mindfulness refers to the ability to regulate or manage one's emotions. It involves recognizing emotions. Well, we can provide lots of practice with that and accepting emotions without becoming overwhelmed. That's always a little bit tougher. So think about how many read-alouds have characters who might be feeling frustrated and facing a challenging task, and they're finding a solution. They're practicing mindfulness. They're acknowledging that they're frustrated. Maybe they have some coping skills, like taking a deep breath, allowing them to respond calmly and finding a solution. We can use read-alouds to show our students some examples and then hopefully refer to that when we're having our real-life examples in our classroom. The last piece of this mindfulness puzzle that I feel we should be concentrating on is non-judgmental awareness. Believe it or not, I made it to adulthood and had several years of teaching under my belt without ever thinking about this. Hopefully I was doing this, but I'm pretty sure I was just unaware. Mindfulness means cultivating a non-judgmental awareness over our own thoughts and experiences. This basically means that we're in observation mode. We can observe our emotions and sensations and the things that we are thinking, and we're not labeling them as good or bad. Well, that's not something we can just tell our students to do, but we can think of this as layering a cake or whatever we're building. We started with just becoming present, taking that one minute to be quiet and to think about what's happening around us. And then I had that audible cue of a bell. And if you're already thinking a minute, I can't even imagine students being quiet for a minute. I totally understand that. Then we took it to emotional regulation. Just thinking of some coping skills and seeing some examples in our read-alouds and providing some examples for our students, what they can do when they're feeling frustrated. And then we add that last layer. We all have these experiences and they're not good and they're not bad. They are just simply happening and we can be aware of them without adding extra emotion. Think back to the very beginning of this podcast episode where I was telling you how I was really struggling and students were being so rude to each other and it was bothering me. Was I practicing mindfulness? And now think about your classroom management and how is it going? And maybe you're looking for a behavior system that works. And then you think about all of these skills and you think, so wonder we're all struggling, right? Now, I don't want to add pressure that you need to have your students master mindfulness for a classroom management system to work. They can happen side by side. You can begin increasing your students' self-awareness, doing these types of breathing exercises, having these mindful-based experiences, practicing, noticing them when we see these things play out in our classroom. Maybe you could do role-playing through practice scenarios, or maybe you're just pointing it out in a story or a read-aloud. It feels a little bit silly at this point in the episode to talk about the benefits of using mindfulness in the classroom, but here's why mindfulness matters. It can really help us all manage our stress levels. We're becoming more present, we're learning coping skills deep breathing and taking a moment. And we're not labeling all of these emotions that we're all experiencing every day as negative or positive. It's also boosting social skills. By becoming more present, we can start mindful listening. We're learning these coping skills that we can resolve conflicts peacefully. And also think about the impact it may have on focus. Focus, and concentration by practicing intentional daily mindfulness? And what kind of impact is that going to have on academics and everything else that's going on in the classroom? Maybe you've listened this far in the episode and you're thinking, great, this sounds wonderful, but you know what? I'm in survival mode. I'm hoping to make it through this day this afternoon, this next hour. And I completely understand. It can feel like you're adding a whole nother layer. Here's my suggestion for you. Keep this in your back pocket. Keep it in mind the next time you're evaluating a classroom management system or behavior plan. That's kind of how I got started. I took this class and got all this knowledge and thought, great, and then the first week of school started. (laughs) Everything went out the window. Here's another idea. Keep these ideas and suggestions for mindfulness for yourself. It doesn't have to be a big classroom thing. Instead, you can start practicing mindfulness, being more present, observing things that are happening in your classroom and not labeling them as awful or terrible, but instead they're just happening and you're observing them. You're going to notice so many more things around you and just by incorporating a little bit of mindfulness practice, it's a compound effect. You'll become more aware and notice more things and your students and everyone who interacts with you is going to benefit from this. All right. I hope this was helpful. At the very least, please bookmark this episode so that you can listen to it again when you are ready. I'm also going to link a blog post. I talked about some practical solutions. There's even more in the blog post, including some read aloud characters. I know you're going to recognize and how they are practicing mindfulness, and you can point that out to your students. Thank you so much for listening. I am so thankful for all of you. If you're finding this helpful, it would really help me out if you left a review and shared it with a colleague or friend. Thanks so much for listening and I will catch you next time in the Special Educators Resource Room. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'm dying to ask, what'd you think? Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe buttons so that you never miss an episode. You can find the show notes and links for everything mentioned in this episode at PositivelyLearningBlog.com. See you next week for more special education solutions.